Nicole One Show. I am your host, Cricket. Today we have an incredible guest, our first leading lady, Erica Maria. Welcome, Erica. Hey, how are you? Blessed and highly favored, Erica. You are running <laughs> for Detroit City Council. Tell us a little bit about your campaign for Detroit City Council seat for 2021. For 2021, I will be the District 7 uh, winner of the Detroit City Council. Uh, I'm running for Detroit City Council because I enjoy what I do as an advocate for our community. Um, coming home um, from national trips, statewide trips, I still have to drive right through my district and to become a change agent for my neighborhood is something that I, I, I don't take lightly at all. Being a Black Club president and member um, and, and trying to do the best that I can uh, on different task force, I just believe that it's time for me to advocate for us specifically on, on this platform, with this platform. Amen. Amen. You also a domestic violence advocate, but you a social justice advocate. Yeah. So tell us about the HBO special luminary that you did. Yes, I had the opportunity um, to highlight the uh, injustice that survivors experience on a national level. Um, my story was highlighted here in Detroit where we had over 11,000 untested rape kits that were abandoned in a police warehouse. This documentary is a partnership between the actress and activist Mariska Hargitay from Law & Order SVU and our Wayne County prosecutor, Kim Worthy. Um, we all worked together, one, to expose that this was happening on a national level, and also to, um, I worked with Kim Worthy on the AA490 challenge to help raise the money for our kids here in Detroit. And thankfully now they're all to. We have had, as was stated, 10,000 kids tested, but I wanna give you a few statistics to lead from that. We now have 2,616 CODIS kits. That means kits that had enough DNA material for a profile to be formed, and for that profile to be put into the national DNA database known as CODIS. 2,616 so far. Of that, 549 suspected serial rapists have been identified. 549 suspected serial rapists have been identified. The research shows that each rapist rapes on average of 7 to 11 women. So if you take one rapist off the street, you're really taking 7, or protecting 7 to 11 more victims. What's even more astounding than that, if you can believe, is that our rape kits in one city, in one county, in one state, in this nation, have tentacles and CODIS hits to not only sexual assault but other crimes in 38 other states, with Michigan being the 39th. That means 11 states in the United States of America are the only ones standing that have not had some form of CODIS hit connected to our kids. We have 149 active investigations right now that have been assigned to investigators, but we have 1,644 cases where there have already been CODIS hits identified that are waiting for an investigator to be assigned. So as has been stated, it's a critical first step for these kids to be, the remaining kids to be tested. But the work is not done. We must investigate and prosecute each one of these CODIS hit leads, and we must have the resources to do so. And so that's also why we're raising money. So we have so far 25 convictions of people doing major time. So I'm very proud about that as well. 
thank you so much for sharing. Now let's talk about you being a domestic violence advocate. What is the motivation behind you becoming an advocate? Most definitely. The motivation behind me becoming a domestic violence advocate um, is that something inside of me has always um, been to assist community members. My family, my grandmother, I was, you know, very close with my grandmother. And I can remember, you know, being as young as in the second grade and assisting her with paying bills, grocery shopping, organizing things, reaching into community members that she helped get on their feet when they experienced hardships. Um, So being an advocate has just been ingrained in my DNA um, through my heritage with my my grandparents. Um, And so, again, that's also the reason why I decided that I wanted to advocate on on a more intimate level here in Detroit as the candidate for Detroit City Council is to make sure that everyone's voice is at the table and can be heard. Um, And I've recognized that real change happens one voice at a time, but you have to be in the room, you know, for those changes to occur or for your voice to be heard. Um, You have to be able to collaborate with several different agencies um, for our community and our community is very diverse. Um, And so you have to educate yourself on what community members need. So um, my nonprofit organization was founded in 2012 that's called Supreme Transitions. And over time, we have grown um, from a grassroots level to a 501c3 um, nonprofit status and partnered with um, state agencies like the Michigan Coalition to End Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault, um, the Treatment Board, and then partnerships have began to branch out as far as Texas, DC, Massachusetts, um, some in, some agencies in Atlanta, um, but it's all motive. The motivation is all Detroit driven for me to make sure that resources come back in um, from the national and state level to citizens here in Detroit. At the Nicole One Show, we consider you a leading lady, and definitely because of your history and because of your involvement, you are a true leading lady, not just in life, but even a credible advocate, not just for domestic violence, but an advocate for Detroit. Detroit needs you. Detroit needs your vote. Detroit needs your voice to bring more people together because so many people have suffered from all ages from domestic violence. And I thank God for Supreme Transition, an organization, nonprofit organization you created for not just Detroit, for anyone. Can you share the contact information? How do, how can we get in contact with you? We can reach you can reach uh, some pre transitions um, directly at 313-355-3498. We are um, on social media. Our Facebook page is Supreme Transitions. And when you get there, there's a contact tab that will take you to our website um, and a direct link to message me directly. Through our website, there is a contact me page where our associate director and other advocates will follow up with requests. Also, you are a consultant for several, several organizations. I want to talk about one of them, Future Without Violence. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the mission behind that? 
Futures Without Violence is a tremendous organization. I feel very honored um, to serve um, as a consultant with them and our collaborative um, members. Um, their mission is the title of the company, Futures Without Violence. Um, and so they do uh, pro, they create programs, policies, and campaigns to alleviate violence against women and children. I currently work under the Black or Battered Women's Project um, for Justice, and that's the intersection directly for domestic violence and the child welfare system and how survivors of um, domestic violence are being re-victimized through the unjust and unfair policies in the child welfare system. Amen. Another one, CAP, Community Advocate Project. You worked with them in your consulting as well. Can you tell us a little bit about your consulting work with the acronym CAP? CAP is, is a gem in the city. CAP is led by Paula Callen. She's um, known renowned across the state. She used to work directly with uh, Debbie Kane with the Prevention Board and the Coalition to End Domestic and Sexual Violence. She, when she left those agencies, she started her own. And this is the Community Advocacy Project. That's the acronym CAP. They're housed at Wayne State. What I love about the CAP program at Wayne State is that it's the idea that survivors are assisting other survivors. Survivors of violence that have overcome so many challenges and they use their life experience and training to assist other survivors that are just coming out of their circumstance, that are just raising their hand and saying, I need help. And so we, we have been trained by Paula. Um, Paula used to host the new service providers trainer training statewide. And so now we have uh, the Cadillac version of training right here in our own backyard in Detroit at Wayne State for free. Um, the, the advocates that serve for CAP are generally volunteers. I started as a volunteer uh, my first year with CAP, and then I was hired directly through Wayne State as a technician um, slash advocate. Um, under that program, I also had the opportunity um, with another program at Wayne State, the Urban Advocacy Project, where I was embedded as an advocate within the Detroit 9th Precinct, um, the police precinct, where I wrote um, between April and October of 2019, I wrote over 500 personal protection orders and less than 20 were denied or sent for a hearing. So the program at, at Wayne State under the Center for Urban Studies is extensive. It is a research project, but it is survivor-centric and trauma-informed. And I think that is one of the best type of programs that we can have in our community to be culturally specific to all of the needs that individuals may need, and then to uh, provide wraparound services. And so that program, CAP, it gives 10 weeks of advocacy to a survivor who may need some assistance with achieving their goals and their primary goal being safe. You know, and so how do you, what is well-being and what is safety? How do you define those two things? And so we have to be um, active listeners. 
as advocates and we create a safety plan that assists a survivor with becoming totally self-sufficient. And, you know, your life can change tremendously in 10 weeks, um, but you still, you'll get the motivation to be able to continue forward after those 10 weeks. We do tremendous work with the CAP program. Now, with any program, along with your nonprofit, when you sure. look, when I look at domestic violence, it's different categories. We never, we always hear about the physical, we always hear about the sexual, but we never pay attention to the financial, the cultural, or the verbal. Because a lot of times, my mother was a domestic violence survivor from my father, but never have we paid attention to the verbal, because their thing is if they're not hitting you, you're okay. But do the programs that you have consulted or your nonprofit organization, do they focus on every aspect when it comes to domestic violence? Well, trained advocates will all tell you that one, the number one reason that someone stays in an abusive circumstance is due to finances or lack thereof the um, ability to be able to have a home, to have food or clothing or just income. You know, a lot of times abusers, they control um, the in, inflow and outflow of money. And during the pandemic, during the shutdown, we worked even harder because now survivors are quarantining with their abusers. Now your abuser has full access of your stimulus check, mm -hmm. of your employment, of those additional food benefits. They know exactly what you have and they will help you spend it to make sure that you don't get the resources that you need, whether it's a car or if you were trying to save and get an apartment, you know, because you know the climate here in Detroit, some people, you know, with the additional $1,400 and they have children, they had enough money to be able to escape. But abusers, they take advantage of every moment, especially when it comes to the finances. And so we know as trained advocates that finance is the primary reason that people stay or are still stuck in those circumstances. And so we do um, budgeting. We help people um, get second chance bank accounts with PNC Bank. We um, have hosted in the past, before the pandemic, community resource fairs and training, free training seminars where even fathers um, can come in and, and learn about uh, child support and figure out how to create a, a sustainable budget for themselves and what their rights are as well. So we're not just, you know, specifically for women with supreme transitions, men are also survivors of violence as well. Now, another organization that you consult, because you're you're an incredible consultant, I must say, if I'm pronouncing the acronym right, Ujima? Ujima. Ujima. Okay, yes. tell us a little bit about this organization, another domestic violence organization that provides help? Yeah, so Ujima is actually um, one of the seven principles of Kwanzaa, right? Yes. So, um, Ujima is a national culturally specific services resource center to provide support to and be a voice in the Black community. They specifically do education and outreach, technical assistance and training, public policy, 
resource development and research. Working with Ujima has been amazing. This is my second year working with Ujima. We are currently working on a project to reimagine the policies, um, again, that intersect domestic violence and the child welfare system and how Black families show up in alarming rates in the child welfare system due to domestic violence in those intersections. Um, and so this second year, <laughs> the acronym is really long for the project, but we, we shortened it to WTF, Women Transforming Families. And so this is a leadership cohort this second year that I've been working with them. Um, and we're, we're building out a, a broader understanding for policymakers to understand um, some of these policies don't work for the Black community, for Latinx communities, for Indigenous population, for Asian population, for communities of color overall. These policies are re-victimizing our homes and our communities and where the funding is placed currently, it needs to be reallocated into building and educating families into being able to sustain their home and create safety and well-being amongst ourselves. Again, so once again, we want to say thank you to our first leading lady for the Miko One show, Erica Maria, for being our guest. In closing, do you have any encouraging words for a domestic violence survivor or someone that needs help and just don't can't don't know how to reach out? Um, it's hard. The first thing is um, the shame associated with violence is not yours. It belongs to your abuser. Um, you have nothing to be ashamed of because someone hurt you. I am evidence that you can overcome those challenges. I am proof that prayer works. Um, I'm a walking testament that you can be the change that you want to see in your own community and in your own life. Amen. Thank you, Erica. And God bless you and good luck to your campaign. I always close with a prayer. Okay. Father God, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we say thank you. We give you honor and glory for Erica, life, for her destiny that you have placed in her belly, Father God. Continue to give her vision with provision, with illumination, so when she step out on faith, Father God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost will continue to guide her, Father God. We pray for every victim of domestic violence, Father God. Heal and touch their hearts, Father God. The resource that she has offered through her community work, through our nonprofit organization, increase, Father God, so the people can get the help that they desire. We ask these many blessings in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to say thank you for everyone that's tuning in. Please subscribe to our podcast channel, Apple, Pandora, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please subscribe to our website, www.themecoleoneshow.com www.themecoleoneshow.com. We have a YouTube channel, The Miko One Show. Thank you.